haven't even. I like that we haven't even started it. We haven't even. Doesn't like, fucking matter, dude. And you I'm, just you I already, am on a murder spree this week. And are I, you? There is nothing that will stop me. And um, I mean, I have really chatted with you little today about your week. So. What murder spree do you speak I of? Mean, and then how is that murder spree going to translate over to the podcast Ill. today? It's going to be ill. Okay. Do you define it a little more? Give me a little more. So what does this week Robust. look like? What has been the... Robust. Okay, okay. A lot Even, of emotion. A lot of happening. A lot of socializing. A lot of... Is that what this podcast is going to be or that was this week was? What both, are you describing? Both. Both. Yeah, both. So because of your social event heavy week that you've had, you think that you're going to bring a more social side of you on oh, the podcast? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so there's nothing more. should we treat this more... kind of like a networking event? Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. To... I have actually cards for all of you guys. Okay, and a, a couple, great. A couple flyers, but we'll oh, get to that sweet. later. Some great you know? propositions and oh, opportunities I mean, for the future. It's, it's really like. Actually, sorry. Why don't you? Why don't you? Do you want to sit on a chair that isn't the bench? Listen, I was, they call me the bench guy because <laughs> I pretty much created my whole career off of a bench and a bench I will stay. Is, or is that metaphoric for like you were on the sidelines and you built from the sidelines up? You started as the water boy and yeah. now you're the team manager? No, I'm um, Tom Brady, pretty much. So you're the quarterback? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Who's the team manager? Um, it's me as well. Oh, so you're doing the I'm, whole thing. I kind of do. I'm just, you know. Are you the league in and of itself at the same time? Yeah. What league is this? What is the sport? League of Defamation. Hmm. Who, who are we defaming? <laughs> exactly. Everyone and anything. And that's the murder spree you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, so, it's just been embarrassing. So whose uh, names have you besmirched this last week? Oh, whose um, view in the public light have you tainted for the rest of us? Who's, At least six. Whose futures have you cut short? <laughs> whose starts have you stopped quick? Stop. Stop that. Stop that or we'll kill you. <laughs> I'm on a murder spree. Yeah, we're on a murder spree this week. <laughs> I'm, and I'm saying we because I'm just trying to feed off of Robert's energy. I mean... In my energy, I will give you because we're going to crush this episode, aren't we not? I mean, are we? There's no confidence in you, Ian. We will crush this episode. You know, will we not? you know. Can you can you help me with that a little bit? Because I don't feel so confident. I, Why? I honestly, last week's episode was good, uh, and we've had some good. I think our last few episodes have been pretty good. But I don't know. I feel like I've been a little off my game. That's fine. I feel like I and, and clearly I should be. That's probably where I'm going wrong with this, is that I am thinking that because I am not a top-notch. Is that a dog? Oh, goodness gracious, Gollum. <laughs> because I am not a top-notch, I think that the podcast, too, will not be a top-notch. There's no I and team, my friend, okay? Ego, an egotistical way of oh, looking. Yeah, 100%. I don't really, and, and, and that's where I think I fall short is that I am I need to work better at playing the wing. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. I need to be – you might be striker this episode, and I need to play midfielder. I need to be the one to take the ball up the sidelines, cross it in front of the net so you can put it right in. Mm. And the fact that I am so consumed thinking that if I'm not the one putting it in, who's going to put it in, That's that's my flaw right there. And um, so I'm going to leave this one to you. 
I'm going to play wing. I'm going to apprentice you. I'm going to walk by your side in this, and wow, I'm going to wow, try to... Wow. Yeah. I hope that by the end of this episode, you can ask me, what have I learned about podcasting, and what have I learned about life? You'll learn a lot. Because if I don't learn something from this, I feel like then I haven't done what I was supposed to do. Amen. Amen. What you should do is stop talking right now, because we're going to go on a rampage, and it... It's really disgusting how efficient and brutal will be this episode with comedy stories. You're not you're you're not making me feel less anxious by continuously hyping up the episode that hasn't happened yet. It's fine. So okay. there's no anxiety you, to be. You like to build the pressure. Oh yeah. Or do you feel like that you're not even building pressure? There's no pressure no, no matter how much you hype it up. No, there's no pressure. I mean This is Illmatic part 4. It, it doesn't even matter. There's, I mean, we're already legends in ourselves. This legacy is to be continued. There's no pressure. And, and even if there was some pressure, I mean, I do exponentially better under pressure. So what you're saying to me is, what I'm hearing is that we've done it. I mean, we're we there. have nothing left to prove. Exactly. We've already hit our highest peaks and... We don't have to worry about performing. We don't have to worry about proving ourselves to the masses. We've already done what we came into this game to do. I didn't expect to be at a place where we could retire so soon. I, I said nothing about retirement. I understand. I realize that's that where your small mind is is affecting this podcast, and yeah. you're bringing yeah. us down in. And if you don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna just be blunt with you. They call me Blunty T. <laughs> if you don't get that negative mindset out of here, I'm going to have to let you go. I'm not going to lie. You know, I I, I didn't know we were going to have to have this talk. I wasn't expecting my job to be on the chopping block today. Oh, yeah. That's and, not the only thing that's going to be on the chopping block. And you still have yet to uh, alleviate any of my anxieties. Actually, you're increasing them more because now not only have we hyped this up and we have said to the masses that we have done all that we have come to do, but also I am at not only do I feel insecure in my last performances, I'm actually about to possibly get fired if I can't pull through. I hope, you're, I, I hope you can perform. That's all I'm going to say. Hollywood is a brutal, brutal place. And only only the most cutthroat survive. That's all I'm saying. And I mean, the higher that you go, the stakes only get higher. I mean, they only do. It doesn't ease up. To an extent, yeah. I mean, unless you want to be one of those people that just, the rest of their life, they coast off that one commercial jingle that they came up with. Yeah, jingle And that's that all they were. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Although that was Pusha T, and he's kind of had a really long and successful career. He is ill. But I don't want to be the butt up, 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 up guy. Mm. I don't want to be I'm loving it. Mm. I don't want to eat fresh. Mm. I mean, I want to think outside the box, but I don't want to think outside the Mm. box. Mm. I want to take flight, but I don't want to give you wings. You know what I'm saying? Well, then in that case, because you seem to clearly, um, you have metaphorically set your nuts upon the table that we have our recording equipment on and said, hey, hello, world. Hello, Ian. Hello, podcast. This is Robert speaking to you. I'm going to let you just go. I'm going to let you take us where you feel like we need to go next. That's beautiful. I'm going to start you out with uh, a simple story, really a a story of poetry and finesse. And I'm going to tell you about last Sunday. 
Is, is my mic echoing? Does it sound normal? Uh, yeah, you don't sound as loud as me mm. for some reason. Is, is your setting on straight and zero? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I think you sound fine. Okay, that's cool. Um, okay, so I, I'm a man of society. I'm, I'm really a social hierarchy at this point of dominating the middle to upper middle class folk. I mean, I'm really above them, but I like to mingle amongst them to really find out what the common folk are up to, you know, and how to, you know, how to monopolize on them more. Well, because a lot of times people fly so high, they lose sight of the ground from what they come. Amen. And also at the same time, you realize the higher that you go, you are just even more dependent on the people in the middle because they're the ones looking to you to provide the good and or service. And so the fact that you realize that even as you push yourself forward, you shouldn't just surround yourself by people that are in that same playing field as you. I agree. Boy, <laughs> I, I, you are, you are just going to town on that cold brew coffee leader that ne- we've next, n- next thing I'm going to murder. So you've made your way in the food chain and uh, do you feel like you're at the top of the food chain now or do you feel like where do you sit in the food and, chain and that's really the beautiful thing is in I am social hierarchy so far beyond it I am a shadow within I mean you said we were going to do it with poeticness and finesse and if that wasn't poetic I don't know what to tell you I mean Dark does. I am the light that is casting down upon them, creating a shadow within. Can I get an amen? That was actually kind of poetic. I'm not going to lie. So you're like the sun? Yeah. I'm Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, take us through your week. It seems to have been eventful. Oh, and it was, let me tell you. I mean, I got molested 13 times. I got force-fed food. I got kissed. All of these kind of just sound like the same thing, like you were <laughs> taken advantage of in an inappropriate way. I got four girlfriends, um, six boyfriends, two new friends, and a potential father. So, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like a great start. Breakdown, first off, who violated you? Everyone. Are you filing charges? No. What are you doing with the information now, knowing that people have taken advantage of you in that way? Touching myself at night. You told me that you've been a week without, though. Yeah. So you've been a week without masturbating, but you still you know, are touching you know, yourself regularly. You know, Lady Gaga, regular. The Edge of Glory. Yeah, yeah, that's I mostly me. know I'm it from on the you edge. singing it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I actually know it more as your song than her song. If I could be quite honest with you, Robert Gaga. I'm familiar Gaga. with Robert being on the edge of many things. Glory is always ejaculate, and I, I, and it makes me really wonder the way that you interpret the Bible. <laughs> But I don't want you to elaborate amen. on it. Amen. Just amen. Because wow. skies do be looking cloudy. Potentials for lightning to strike. I don't know. We're under a tin roof. Hmm. Okay. So what you went really to say? a party. Tell me about this party. Because you What's were that? asking us for. Oh, okay. 
shit the man the man speaks when he wants to speak and he shits when he wants to shit I need something else to drink so yeah You're quick. You're quick, Robert. You're quick on your feet. Bet you never seen me that quick, huh? Quick on your feet there, bucko. I've no. actually seen you run down my car, so. <laughs> yeah, and you got absolutely terrified. If I, do, if I don't, uh, why don't you recall that story? I'll let you uh, take this this champ. Wow, I mean, that was the story, really. Uh, uh, I was leaving your house. Ow. It's the it's right before Fourth of July, guys. So there this might be some fireworks yeah, in the yeah. background. There's you gonna just be a lot have of to deal with it. Uh, I was leaving your house and I got in my car, my uh, V8 engine, and I started to pull from the curb. And um, a darker than usual Robert, which usually he's like a. Sandy dust cloud color, typically. Have you ever seen... Oh, damn, what is that movie? Which Mission Impossible? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever <laughs> seen Ghost Protocol? <laughs> and he was climbing up the side of the tower in Dubai, and uh, the dust storm was coming. That vague cloud of dust pretty much resembles Robert. If you could just kind of also imagine Kermit the Frog in the midst of it somewhere. But he was a little yeah. darker because night had fallen upon us and street lights were dim and this was a little bit less lit part of the street and the faint muffled pitter-patter of his 11 wides um, echoed uh, and I could hear it through the sound of my glass and window and which made me glance to my left and then in terror and shock and dismay like an ostrich at f going full tilt was running I don't know I don't 40 45 miles an hour probably is about where he was at because I pulled off hot I was hot it scared me and I've got a lead like foot um, when I'm on the pedal especially driving a Durango and I punched it and because I thought I was about to get mugged um, and then Rob the ostrich, basically the Sandy Abu Dhabi ostrich was just head cocked back pulling. He was taking me to Gapplebee's <laughs> on foot and, uh, wasn't even wearing shoes at the time. And, I mean, that's probably, you've got such a nice wide basin, hobbit-like feet, that uh, it's kind of like track tires, where they're even wider tires, just to get a lot of extra yeah. traction and off-the-line really speed. Yeah. Um, I remember that there was this weird, faint smell of burning polyester in the air, um, because the elastic banding around his socks had actually melted to the bottoms of his ankles. It actually retired itself. Permanently does he have the imprint of the under lo uh, Under Armour logo on the top of his foot because he had picked up so much heat and traction um, on his lap time that it just melted the sock to his feet. Have you ever seen Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs? Do you remember mm -hmm. when he had that shoe in the can that he sprayed on? It kind of is like that. He's never changed the socks because they've just 
become one with his flesh. And um, that's that's the night when I had to just go to a JCPenney parking lot. And I had to alleviate myself because I was so scared and yet at the same time excited for the future of what this dirty little boy was going to do. I couldn't hold back, mm. and I certainly didn't feel like I was ready to go home. You know what I mean? It's like if you've had one of those nights at the bar, few too many, and you know your kids are still up, just go pull off into a dark parking lot and take a nap. You know what I mean? Mm. Don't stumble home in front of your kids. It's one thing if you got the wife at home or the kids are in bed and you've had a long night and you maybe had a few too many and you just stumble in. And everyone's quiet. Press open the door. Accidentally step step on the dog. But don't do it when the kids are up. And I knew that after seeing Robert do what he did and the mix of emotions that I had immediately felt um, upon witnessing it, I just thought that this is probably not the right time to bring this home to the family. Because I'm going to scare them. Just based off the look in my eye and just um, the images are just replaying over and over again as he screamed, I'm on the edge of glory, as loud as he possibly could into the ether that was November nights. And, um, you know, I found that warm halogen bulb, the one still on in the parking lot, and I, I didn't do what I wanted to do. And I really didn't do what I needed to do, but I did what I felt like I had to do in that moment. I was kind of back into a corner. You weren't the. I was. It's kind of like it's kind of like what a girl wants, <laughs> but also what, a, what girl a girl needs. needs. What a girl wants. What a girl. Needs. But it's also it's kind of like it's not the hero you want. But it's the hero you need. Yeah, the hero I wanted wasn't jerking into your <laughs> underwear in the middle of a parking lot. Um, uh. Uh-uh. With this, the faint smell of sawdust coming from the back of my car where all my tools were sitting. It was, it's just, but it's what I needed in that moment. Mm. And I knew that I was going to have to do something that maybe I was going to have to live shamefully mm. afterwards. But I know that it was better than the damage I would have done to those around me had I gone straight home without the alleviation. Mm. So... Wow, powerful stuff, powerful stuff. Let's talk about me some more. All right. <laughs> it's really what you do best there, my friend. I, it's what I do. It's, well, I can trick people into not thinking that, but, yeah, it's, I mean. You can trick some of them, but if they talk to you long enough, they know. Oh, they know, and I'm proud of it. As you should be, I guess. As I should. I've been working. I've been I've been stretching. You know, I haven't, I haven't spoken into a lot of people's lives recently or for quite a while yeah. and really until you got that the last time when you made that one kid jump and that was <laughs> a big issue it was all in all the papers and i mean thankfully uh, there was that loophole that kept you from actually being convicted because you didn't send in any kind of text or written form so there's no actual proof and just the only other witness and he can't speak was dead because um it's unfortunate though, though the height wasn't following neck so. unfortunately you didn't convince him to go to a higher point, and so now he's just a cripple and basically a borderline vegetable from here on out. He's like the equivalent of someone that starts their day with 20 to 30 buzz balls, mm. but just always. 
And so you decided to take some time out of the public um, sphere and uh, stop speaking into people's lives. I did. I did. But have you decided got, to enter? I've gotten back into it. Okay. And I've and I'm not gonna lie. I've gone in. I've I've uh, I've gotten some into some Hitler rants as of recent, as I like to call them. Do you like to call them that because it's just Hitler's rants or because you have personified the modern-day Hitler? Yes, second. In your own. In my own rights, yeah. Oh, okay. Really uh, a Mein Kampf-esque speech, you might say. And I, Just like Jesus, yeah. <laughs> yep. Just like Jesus. I got 11 more years to go. Um... I've been speaking into people's lives and really changing the course of how they think, live, and act. And mm-hmm. I forget how I can do that sometimes. And it's yeah. a it's a powerful thing. It is. It is. And and, uh, and I forget it's risky business sometimes. It is. It is. But I forget how I forget why God put me on this earth. Sometimes. You know, you know, and all of us need a reminder every once in a while. Sometimes when we hang out, we're like, "What? Why did he? What was the point of all this?" And this is serious for a second, but I do believe God put me on this earth to be. No, <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I believe that God has put all of us on this earth for a reason. And um, if at the moment you feel like Hitler esque speeches are why you have been placed here, I don't know your one on one relationship with the Lord, and I don't know where He's calling you. I can really not speak on that. So if your interpretation is Mein Kampf but modern? No, I I have gained, I don't know, I I can rant. Yeah. You know this. But my ability to rant has far surpassed my own knowledge and belief of myself. Like you're better at it than you thought you could be? The, I Well, I finish up a speech. Mm. And I just sit there for a second in shock and awe mm. of what just came out of it wasn't me talking. It's not me talking. Mm. I'm just a vessel and and something is speaking through me. That's all I'm saying, and it is powerful. You're just the speaker that's used to play out the truths mm. that are coming from you. I'm like John the Baptist. You are a voice crying out in the wilderness, make way the way of the Lord, or make straight the way of the Lord. You I, I, And I've always said that, and, and I thought maybe it was because you kept eating bugs in front of other people, and we were like, hey, you know we have food. I mean, I know it's not ideal, and many tacos aren't great, but mm. that was a caterpillar, and... <laughs> rather uncalled for and you didn't even let it get to the cooler second half of its life be it the butterfly um which is why you're so pro choice um but yeah you 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 definitely are there's a mode that you click into where almost like your eyes glaze over it's like static on the tv screen Mm. and it's like there's a voice coming out of it but this isn't the station i turned on to i didn't pick this channel i didn't think this was the programming but yet it's coming out all of a sudden, and it is changing my life in ways that it takes a few years and a good handful of counseling sessions to really understand what effects those things have taken on me. Amen. 
And, and have you changed anything in your life or you've been doing anything differently that has caused you to now be so proficient at ranting, raving, and or inspiring? Yeah, man. I've just... Uh... <laughs> Is there a secret to it? Because I feel like that's a skill that many people lack and could use. I have recognized... I have finally recognized and realized my... My, what my pain has been used for and now I'm able to harness it and with joy preach my knowledge so what has your pain been used for to heal others that's what it has been used for in the past or not just to push you down or or give us content for our podcast no no no, no, no. I mean it's healing the listeners so what you're saying, I think what you're trying to say is that you've realized what your pain can be used for. Amen. And so now that you've found this inspiration and realization that you have a wealth of knowledge that you thought, I'm juggling these, these memories in my hands, but there's no end to my routine. I don't have a finale. I don't have a, a final toss up in the air, spin and catch. I'm just left here juggling in front of these crowds of people that just kind of amass around me and watch. And I would often think they don't want to see me juggle. Yeah, but this now is, I know they need to see me But then you have the fear of dropping the ball. So you Amen. keep in this cycle. Amen. But now you've realized that there is a point to what you're doing. There's something that you've been put on this earth for. And it's alleviated you from your past pains, do you think? It has. It, and it's made me, I mean, I've never been so joyful in my life and so ready to go. Mm. Re I'm, I mean, I'm redlining at a higher RPM than I have ever been. And where do you feel like you're supposed to go now? Where's your next step? Tell know. me about this last week. This last week? How have you applied your new knowledge and your new inner voice that you found within yourself in a regular day-to-day -day interaction? Mm. Or even in, like, not a regular day-to-day -day interaction, but an interaction that just happened to uh, take place in your life this week? Well, I stopped people on the side of the road that kind of just look kind of gloomy and solemn. Well, those are called homeless people. Yeah, and I scream at them for about five to ten minutes. And you, do you start off at a lower tone, or are you pretty much off the go <laughs> right from the jump, vocal cords crowning? Oh, no, no. My, my speeches to them often resemble grooming, where... Oh, so... You <laughs> It's very like complimentary. You're re you're really older <laughs> Kind, for your age. Sweet. The way you, I can really talk to you like I can talk to any other adult, even <laughs> though you're 13. So it's like you're really making them feel safe with you. Amen. Amen. And then when in that point, where do you want to get them before you start raising your tone? Oh, what? Where do you get them to first? You want them to be fully trusting in you? Mm -mm. Okay. I want them to be on the edge. They don't know. They're scared. They're unsure, they're they're untrusting, and that's where I sink. But I think what you're trying is you want them to be, as much as they stand there at the edge of the chasm, not knowing how deep that jump is, they, 
They don't turn and walk away. They just sit They're there staring unsure. because they also think, hey, maybe at the end of this fall, I will find hope. One never expects to look into the abyss. Into the abyss, stare back. Yeah, I remember the first time that happened to me. And um, and uh, the family was really happy that I found their son's body. Um, it's really unfortunate that he OD'd and... And it was a closed case, and there was a lot of answers given to people, stories that they could finally close the book to. So I remember the first time that I stared into the watery abyss and saw the lifeless face of the abyss stare right back. Um, it was a changing moment for me. The abyss was a lot more gaunt than I expected, a lot more stringy, and... Um, that changed me. That changed my perspective. Amen. So how have you helped people stare into the abyss? By simply leading them to. So you feel like you're just the tour guide walking to the edge of the bungee jump and then you're just going to let them leap on their own accord? They'll leap. What happens when they decide to... If you're feeling froggy, leap. That's all I say. What happens when they want to stay put and they don't feel like it's their time yet? Do you feel the need to nudge and or push? Or do you I just... Say, I say, that's a. am gl glad you feel that way. You should take your time. Hmm. So you really leave it into their hands. I really let them know that it's only up to them and them alone. Which is quite a bit different than how Hitler went about it. I don't think he left it the option up to the people. I'm pretty sure he's pretty forceful and or pushy and shovey when it came I mean, to getting him in the gas. Hitler was was kind of beta. If if I'm if I can be 100% honest, I mean he really didn't know what he was doing. It's kind of embarrassing. I mean, are you feeling like maybe he laid some of the groundwork, but just with time and things, he wasn't able to really see it to completion and through fruition? I mean, I don't think he had the balls to really see it to completion. Well, but, but yeah, because that's the thing. He was too afraid that at the end of the day, they weren't going to follow where he led, that he felt the need to force. But you have the trust in yourself and in the calling from God that... All you have to do is put you and yourself out there, and the people will come. And the people will watch, and the people will eventually walk. Even if you have to go a few hundred paces down the road ahead of them, mm. eventually Look, they will. The road is easy and stable. Watch me do it first. I will show you the way. Mm. Make straight the way of the Lord. Amen. Okay. And what? <laughs> well, I'm, and I'm glad you, you said. <laughs> I'm glad you said and what, because that brings me to my next topic. The person, the persecution of sodomites. Um, it's a topic that's been close to heart for a long time, and I really haven't had the confidence to speak on it. <laughs> <laughs> because uh <laughs> because 
I I felt strongly towards it, but was scared of what people would think of me. Now knowing that I have the backing of the Lord, I I am full full force. Robert, it's the sodomized, not the sodomites. No, it's the sodomites. Is that what you guys call yourselves now? Yeah. People that were probed illegally as a youth? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that you feel like you can open up about being opened up prematurely. Amen. Um, you think that now you can help others. Oh, yeah. So what other fellow uh, molestees have you talked to? Is there like an AA for those people? I mean, I talk to at least three a day. Really? And do yeah. they know you know? Or do you just know by the look? How do you know when someone has been touched? Let me tell you, brother. When you've been touched, you know. Give me, like, the the perfect picture of a person that when you look at them, you're like, yeah. Listen, they, I, I appreciate your... They felt the weight of another person's hand. Your interest in knowing, but it is not your privilege to know. And it's not your burden to carry. It is ours. Well, then I'll say no, and you can just grab at me. And then maybe I'll have it figured out by the end of the episode. I don't want you. Yeah, well, I don't want you either. And, that, I mean, that's kind of the point. <laughs> that's the spirit. That's kind of the point, really. <laughs> because it's like, I don't think at the end of the day, the guy who did it to you really wants you. I think maybe they really just want something deeper that they don't know how to answer. Sadeeper. Sadeeper is that new monk that you've been listening to, right? Father Sadeeper? <laughs> And, and why called, does he no, keep that's what making I called you drink my calf blood? Why the calf blood? Well, thanks for bringing that up. Calf, calf blood is the genes in them. You drink it properly at a 72-degree temperature, and the youth washes upon your organs. It restores you as yet you were 13 spry, sprinting through the fields, feeling... No pain, no tiredness. Are, you're talking about adrenochrome? Yeah. Oh, so you've been just getting in with Affleck and all of them and what they're all up to. Oh, Tom yeah. Cruise Can you and tell? all the boys. I mean, I was going to say you look quite youthful. And um, all it is is just the ritualistic. I mean, it comes from a baby cow. Or is, it, or is that euphemitic for something else? You could read it between the lines. Okay, okay. Well, it seems like you've made a lot of big life changes. Tristan, in the midst of Robert being um, basically a shaman or some kind of Jesus Christ. swami, I'm not going to say it ever. I won't even let those words cross my mouth once. Um, do you have any questions? Because you're at a place in life, Tristan, where I feel like you're a little bit, you're in the weeds. I mean, you're behind the grill regularly. Uh, you come home looking disheveled. Um, that's pretty normal for you. There is a youthfulness and a soullessness that is in your eyes. Maybe Robert can help guide you down the path. Do you have any big life questions that maybe you can throw his way? Hmm. <laughs> we need some, like, uh... Shaman music. <laughs> no, we need some like, a- like angel yeah, yeah, choirs. Okay, 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 hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Hold on. 
Like, I think you, all you want is the Halo theme song. <laughs> no, 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 a little more. Like your homie was, was Bones. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, Tristan. Hey, this is ritualistic right now, so... Mm-hmm. Address Father Robert <laughs> I have a few questions Number one How do I join This said Cultish call, Activities Call me <laughs> Call me Pre-runner Pre-runner That sounds like Another word For like <laughs> Ejaculate I don't know How to tell you It just kind of Sounds like that How do we take the first steps down mm-hmm. this path? Address each of us individually. Do we need to be touched first? Do we need to turn from things? Do we need to turn to things? The light is upon us. The angels are singing in the background. We are here. The spirit is upon us. All you need to do is close your eyes, breathe deeply. And take in the spirit that is. Yeah, we're about to get sodomized. Yeah. We're becoming sodomites. I see how this goes. The spirit is ready to enter and take at will what you must lose to join. What must I lose to join? Is my virginity one of those things? Or? Only you and the spirit. No. And let us sit here. How do I know when it's the calling of a, the spirit and just maybe a thought passing and the Pong-like game going on in my head? You'll know. It will grab a hold of you and it will not let go. Now let us close our eyes, brethren, and take in what is to be your future. I white collar crime I don't know if that's something that typically is you're drawn towards but for some reason that's all I can see I need to be am I on the right path search deeper sit deeper <laughs> okay Someone that I know, but not as well, that they're not as familiar as they used to be. I see the end of a calendar. I see a shadow cast across the bed and a sheet being pulled up over the eyes. I see my father. And in the midst of the weakness and the brokenness and the sadness I 
I feel the urge to steal from him blindly. I've taken his pills, the last few that even allow life to be bearable for him at this point. I felt bad for some reason at the beginning, but those thoughts are starting to lift even from my shoulders as being a possibility. I see the man that I once used to aspire to be as nothing more as an inconvenience now and a path to cheap thrills and easy victories and and that's why I took out that large life insurance policy (laughs) right before this all kind of happened and pushed him down the stairs um Welcome. Wow. Welcome. I, hold on. Wow, hold on. We need to take a break. I need to take a breather. I, I don't know what that was. I don't want... I, I, I'm a little scared to even try to put a name or a face mm-hmm. to what that feeling was inside of me, but I felt like I was pulled away. I, it was like falling down the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland, and I just saw these images of my life, past, present, and future, and... There was almost there was a there was a weight taken off my shoulders. It's a deeper. Man, I didn't even I don't know what to say. I mean should I be afraid? Should I be excited? You have been enlightened. Is that what is to come? Is that what should come? Is that what I'm trying to avoid? Where do I go next? I feel like you just spun me in a circle, left me in the middle of a dark field, and was like, hey, go home. <laughs> okay. And now I shake in the bitter cold that chills my bones. Do I have a home? When I think of home, all I think of is thievery and death. Do I need to go find a new home? Do I stay right where I'm at in the middle of this field and call this home? It's a deeper. (laughs) (laughs) That was enlightening. (laughs) Jeez. All right. I told you this is gonna be Hey, you knew it. You knew, knew it's the neighbor. It's the neighbor. <laughs> Damn. Um, so tell, tell me about this. Whoa. Oh, poop. Whoa. My bad. Tell Let's me about play this party. some more ambient music. That really got me going. Well, maybe we'll have to bring that back in again, and we'll 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 dive deep because I want to hear more about your personal process to mm. see. Help me interpret my oh, own. Amen. So Sunday, you go to this party. Sunday, I go to this party. You've got the potential for multiple women. In your eye, are you even, do you even care about women at this point? Or have you completely, are you an amorphous, you're just a... I'm ob- asexual. You're just floating through space, basically, now. I am space. Okay. I consume all that is around. Mmm. <laughs> Black hole. Um, still feel like that goes back to sodomy, but okay. Um... <laughs> Listen, all roads lead to sodomy. <laughs> all roads lead back to sodomy. 
Oh, man. Sedeeper. So how did that play out for you? Were you able to uh, use some of your uh, social skills and really be able to um, make a name for yourself in the midst of mm. the public? Mm. Let me tell you, social skills were not there. <laughs> they were not. <laughs> you left those at the door? I left those at the door. Because I wanted to. check. Yeah. Well, I, I, I didn't want to overwhelm and steal the birthday. You realize that this this isn't your stage. This isn't my day. You're an audience member here for someone yeah. else. I'm going to pretend to be quiet, awkward, but friendly. Pretend to be quiet, and yet in the same time, you're actually saying the most. Amen. So you walk in, you realize that my role is to be nothing but uh, a giver. Mm. I'm here to share my presence with those that need it. Amen. How do you get into the mindset before going to the party to be at that place? I enter I I enter through the back where the dirty room is, the laundry where you put all your dirty clothes, the laundry room, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the mud, mud room. room. Some the people mud call room. it mud room, yeah. Mud room. There you go. I've never had a mud room. Because you're not rich. Um no. And as I am taking my gear off i am also taking my pride my ego and my want for attention and leaving it with the ducati with (laughs) ducati's outside i'm leaving it with that gear i'm I'm hanging it up i'm setting i'm setting me aside okay to absorb what is to come you're a blank slate ready to take on whatever person is needed for this moment in time. You're not going there with your own inhibitions and thoughts of, this is me, I'm Robert, I'm going to show you who the real Robert is. You're like, no, 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 I am here to be who I need to be. Even if that is just someone to be seen passing back in the background just to fill space and make people feel like there's more going on, Mm. or maybe it's to be the one that brings everyone together. Amen. Did you make a toast at any point? I didn't. That's and and you just feel like wasn't the time for that. Wasn't the time. Okay. Wasn't the place. Feel like it's a little unfortunate. I I I feel like you could have really changed lives. I mean, you know the toast potential I am capable of. I. It's really the only reason why I want to get married and die, <laughs> is so that I can hear you speak. Mm. Or or know that others get to the chance to hear you speak Amen. at my death. Amen. A message that will be said from the stand because you would have been the main suspect of my murder <laughs> uh, with the whole falling out and all. You know, you really <laughs> dove deep with Sadiq and I just couldn't really connect and I started straying and it really brought a lot of tension between the two of us. And, and what, once you stray from the light, the light ceases to shine upon you. It's blood in, blood out kind of thing. So it's... Didn't say that. All I'm st- saying is... City for <laughs> legal reasons. I did not say that. This is not a gang. We're not associated with gangs. There's no violence that... All I am saying, Shabbat Shalom. May the Lord shine upon you. Wow. Well, that is beautiful. So so you set your gear, you set yourself aside. Take a deep breath at the door of the mud room, ready to make your way into the living space. Robert is gone. Eighteen year old Robert is walking through that door. Wow. The quiet wow. 
the quiet, shy, borderline criminal, <laughs> um, with borderline damn, schizophrenic, damn the foulest mouth I've ever heard, and a taste for the theatrics, and for, but you still. When I think of 18-year-old Robert, I think of all those things, but I also think of this little glimmer that you're right at the precipice of better. Mm. And you're there to be that person to be like, hey, let me give you that glimmer. You're right there. You're Mm. crowning the hill. On the other side, there is better. I told you I left. I took from myself what is me, but I still left the power that is laid within the eye of the beholder of knowledge of good, evil, pain, and Sadeeper. I don't know if I've spent enough time with Sadeeper um, because that meant nothing to me. Uh, I feel like it should have, but... I mean, I was always pretty great at Connect the Dots, but... I did, and that wasn't a picture. What I'm saying, Ian, is I left everything aside but kept my eyes. Mm, I see. I see. You set everything that you knew before and that you knew to be right and wrong at the door, but you left yourself open to see what was there, what potential is here, who am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to do. Amen. All Pre-thought ideas, plans, endeavors, beliefs, they were cast away for a minute. Okay. Give me your first interaction with the first person you talked to. I'll tell you, it was six people. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. It was four people at once. It was a lot. That's quite the... um... And then it was six, and then it was 12. And then I was forced to slam a flask of hard alcohol and then I was taken to the kitchen and I was poured a large sippy cup of Tito's about eight ounces of Tito's and then about four ounces of margarita mix and I was requested to slam that why the sippy because did Robert's they, cute. Did they give it to you with the rubber stopper in, or did they at least have the decency to pop the stopper out so you had full, easy yeah. flow access? Okay, so stopper. it was like a waterfall. It really was. So, so that, was my that was my introduction to this party. It was total blackout. Sounds like a run-of-the-mill start to a gangbang. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like there's a video on the internet that you don't realize is up yet. <laughs> <laughs> I was weirdly sore, but that was besides the point. Um, after that, I went down to the lower level. So, Sadeeper, <laughs> no, he has no no problem with with drinking or drunkenness. I wasn't drunk. Okay, drinking is permitted. Whilst preaching, and okay. showing the light. Okay, so it's so that's so really it opens you up. 
but you shouldn't become because then you become too numb to it. Amen. You drink too much and then you just become a mess. It doesn't have have the same effects. You need that. I've been sober for eight months. Let me take down a sippy cup full of cheap vodka and margarita mix Mm. and then go out there and just be the vessel that you need to be. Mm. Really, you're the metaphorical sippy cup for the rest of them. So as they siphon off of you and the knowledge that you're there Mm. to give, even Mm. though you've set it all aside in the same time. I go downstairs. Yeah. I meet everyone. I talk it up. We're chatting. Mm. Still get a conversation. What direction do you take the conversation, or do you let them dictate? I'm not taking the conversation anywhere. I'm okay. flowing with. Okay. I'm standing aside, maybe being a little quiet, being a little awkward, just taking it all. Do you in. feel like that's an approach that you were trying to take, like a strategic approach, or yeah. was just uncomfiness? It, I wasn't uncomfortable. It was the approach needed to be taken. It was the path of more resistance, but glory nonetheless. Because, as we have discussed before, <laughs> the edge of glory I am upon. Yeah, and uh, and typically to get there, it's a pretty resistant path. Oh, yeah, very. A lot, lot of friction. Um, <laughs> I was going to try to wait to relate it back to Sodom. <laughs> so, okay. So you're awkwardly standing there just letting the conversation happen. What were the kind of topics that were being talked about? Mm, who are you? <laughs> what, yeah. You do what? How do you know them? A lot of that, where it's no one understands why you're there because no knows, the reason you're there is everyone knows ridiculous. each other. That and then and, and then rightfully me. so because you shouldn't be there. Actually, and yet <laughs> no they, one's mother should ask you to bang their daughter on their birthday. Like right. that's just probably shouldn't happen. And yet everyone looked at me with respect and awe because how does he have the balls to show up to a stranger's party? How is he comfortable with this? That's Why is he point. here? That's a good point. They is realize he better than I. We are in an in, we're in an intimate circle. This guy's an outsider. He didn't have to show up, and yet he shows up and proceeds to mingle. Mm. I show up. Everyone screams. Robert is here. So really, right there in that in that minute, what you're doing is you are showing them what bravery looks like. You're like, let me be the lion. And let me show you what it looks like. Let me be the lion that protects the lamb mm-hmm. from the slaughter. Mm-hmm. And, and lays his own life onto the stone table. Good reference. Good <laughs> reference. Big fan. I am fucking on fire. Aslan. So you were Aslan. I was Aslan. Okay. And Liam Neeson. I got the nose. Um, Boy, do ya. Oh, you don't have the great accent to go with it, though, unfortunately. Or the hearty, hearty voice. Yeah, yeah. After I proceed to mingle for a bit, I take down eight more beers. Okay, okay. So, I assume you're face down in the middle of the floor at this point. Not not, even close. Not even close. No, I was functioning highly. 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 All right. And then what? Head not nodding. Then we had the great idea that I would take everyone on a ride on my motorcycle. Hmm. How many people were there? 
30 they wanted you to take every one of not them not everyone just, some just of them? a handful okay. yeah yeah okay yeah. all at once or just no just one after the and other and did you have the second seat or nope. was this pretty sketch they just sat right next to me Okay, and so right the, up on so me. and that really what I want to just break this down because some people might be looking at this and being like, this just sounds like another run of the mill guy at a party, and um, blue collar worker whose one characteristic is his bike and he just drinks and has fun, and that's where they would be dead wrong. That's where most people miss it. Deeper hate my bike. You right there by this handful of people that are willing to get on the Ducati. You've just walked them to the edge. They trust you. Mm. They're interested in where you can take them. And mm. even though they haven't said, hey, please take me to the dunes of the Middle East. Introduce me to Sadeeper. Enlighten me with the chance of the deep monks. They trust you enough to get on the back of your Italian-made sports vehicle. And lets you cruise off in the night, even without a second seat. So that's how you build trust. That's how you build followers. Mm. Okay. Mm. So then, once you've amassed these group of people that have selectively decided to put their life in your hands, your a stranger's quote, hand, unquote, nonetheless, sober hands. I was sober. Sure. Yep. It, it sounds about right. Yeah. I was sober because I was functioning off pure adrenaline at that point. Well, yeah, I'd imagine at that point. I mean, you just got to you've kind of been put in a lot of weird situations you're not used to. Mm. Um, how did the rest of it play out? Did you end up talking to any of the girls? Did you talk to the one girl that you liked? Yeah, right, tell me tell me about that. Tell me about that. I'm not. Gonna? No. Okay, okay, cool. <laughs> well, then, you know what? Wow. You know what? And that was the right thing to say. And I'll tell you why. Because, because I feel slightly more enlightened than I did hour ago when we started this journey, um, I have kind of started to step back into the role of leader of the podcast, and I'm doing a lot of the talking and asking a lot of the questions, and I have – I should uh, – I'm going to just pass you the rock. You take that. Take me where you want me to go. Mm. Take me where you... Tell me what you want to tell me about. I will. Feel free to not convolute it. But feel free to do it in nonetheless. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> it was a wild party, dude. So, dude. Um, dude. dude we're going to get... Uh, anyway. Um... Yeah, I, I didn't – yeah, we, I took a couple people on the bike. Yeah. And I made them shit their pants. <laughs> well, I'd imagine. <laughs> okay. First off, I'm a great rider. Yeah? I've been saying that. I mean – You always leave me happy. So uh, we were on a private road, Let's. by the way. Okay. We were actually on a private – road so paved or unpaved paved fully Ooh, paved wow nice so this long well, winding I, mean, I guess they have a diesel silo yeah so they can afford a privately paved so road. it's a big paved and then there's a straight straight line with a br with a bridge and then it continues for about a quarter mile and it's pretty curvy so we and then 
it the road goes up and then there's a gravel driveway that goes up to the house um, okay. so what I would do is I, I took the bike down from the gravel because I didn't want anyone on the back of the bike on the gravel that's just dangerous yeah <laughs> But but being twelve drinks in is fine. Oh uh, yeah, no, no, that's that's no biggie. Yeah, um, and uh, and so they'd hop on. It was this guy. It was uh, <laughs> this guy, and he was real. He's a real fuck boy. Mm, okay, R- real. Fu- he's got the round glasses. He's ah, you know, dog. Oh, rubs yeah. the hands together. Yeah, that type of guy. What was he wearing? Oh jeez, I don't even. Uh, all like a gold gold pants and like. A, so a why golden... was the party theme gold? Oh, it's because it was her golden birthday. Because yeah. it lines up with the okay. I see with the date and all that. So he's wearing gold pants, and then kind of like a flowing gold button up button up that was unbuttoned, unbuttoned. with a white shirt and chains oh yeah 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 i already i know the look i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> yeah he's mm. got he's got the, the the blonde hair that's faded and it's got the line <laughs> short hair you know you know we all know how big was his vape <laughs> <laughs> it was more the penis <laughs> um and so he was talking about riding i was like yeah you want to ride because he's like, yeah, dude, I ride. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead and take it for a ride. Take it out for a spin. Yeah, you let it him out take out the Ducati? And so we we get it down. He puts my helmet on. It's way too big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as quite the nog. Yeah, yeah, quite the nog on me. Um, he's looking at it. He's rubbing his hands. Oh, shit. Oh, man, I just, I don't know. This thing's crazy. This thing, is she bad? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if you've ever said she bad about a vehicle, if you've ever even really said she bad about a person, I mean, that's just pretty, I don't, I mean, enjoy your minimum wage job. <laughs> well, the trust fund does you well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, in that case. So, you know, he's thinking about it. He's going back and forth. And I was like, well, you know, he's like, well, you know, I've, I've ridden dirt bikes before. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he's like, I, but I haven't ridden for a year ago. How, well, I'll make a deal with you. How about this? All right? Because I'm at this point, I'm like, no, you're not touching that thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you hop on the back with me. I was like, if you're comfortable, you hop on the back. I take you for a ride. I, I show you the power of it. And you you uh, you decide. All right? You want to go take it for a spin? Yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. Uh, all right. Yeah. I don't even understand these people. Because here's the thing. I believe Robert is an amazing driver. It is one of the top three things that he does best in life other than change lives and work in general. And I would never, ever, ever get on the back of a motorcycle with you driving. Even with the seat ever, and especially not with the seat. And then you're 12 beers deep. I was sober. Even if you were stone cold sober, never touched a drop of anything, I would never, ever want that to happen. And here's why. And I trust you way more than almost anyone else I know. Mm. Never. Mm. How do these, why do these people like. Because you have the knowledge of who (laughs) I, okay. (laughs) Here's the thing. Here's the beautiful thing. People know me. Yeah. As a very nice, Robert is super nice, genuine, subdued. 
Yeah. I'm very subdued. Mm -hmm. I'm, I could never hurt anyone. I could, I could. <laughs> the first adjective I use to describe Robert I'm not is aggressive. anesthetic. Testosterone is low, perhaps. This is how people see me. They mm. like me, but there's not a lot of, I don't seem like the <clears throat> type of guy, right? That's how, that's how I present. Starting when? Yesterday? <laughs> no, no. This has been for quite a while. Okay, okay. I just always imagine you in public places as the guy that comes off with oomph. I don't think so. No, I've been I'm I typically play my cards pretty pretty safe. Well, yeah. I mean, but you're an audacious guy that does audacious things. And so maybe maybe like Amen. Wow. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Do, uh, do you take the same approach at work with work colleagues, or do you know them enough now that you're just kind of, you let a little bit more of the, the, the higher T out? You don't go low T Rob, you're high T Frank. I have a story about that. I'm a, I'm a mix mash of different personalities. No one quite gets who Robert is or what Robert is. Robert doesn't know what Robert is. Yes, I do. City of birth. <laughs> no, no one understands That's the name of this podcast. Is Sadiper. <laughs> no one understands what makes that guy tick. No one knows what's going to come out of his mouth. Unhinged, maybe. Yeah. Unpredictable, perhaps. Often. Relentless, yes. I have never gambled on Robert. Ever. Mm. Never even would because how would you know? How would you know? But the results are there nonetheless. I mean, there are there's a result, yes. <laughs> it does result in something. Mm. Well, I'll tell you about how people see me at work. I got uh, some of... Someone went on my truck and stole a bunch of my things, Right. Like stole stole or like another person that also does your job took some of your stuff to use for themselves. Yes. That seems wrong. It Still. is. And it's happened twice. And so it happened recently. Surprised that someone would do that to you of all people and not think, wow, this is going to end badly. I mean, maybe they didn't know it was my truck. I don't know. Hmm. But um, so this happened two weeks ago and I brought it to the management's attention with anger and malice. Yeah. And they said... Was that the, the head in your fridge that I saw the <laughs> other day when we were eating steaks? I asked you what that was for and you said, a message. <laughs> to the ones on high. Yeah, I know. couldn't tell if that was management or Sadeeper. We, uh... Because if he demands a sacrifice, I'm willing to give up Tristan. He's got a beautiful mane. I mean, he's got the perfect haircut to just kind of hold the head up over the horizon and then just scream, I'm on the edge of glory into the dunes of the abyss. <laughs> Robert's texting. Come on, I'm gonna, Robert. I'm going to text, phone. too, actually. I have to respond to a message, so give me a second. I'm going to sell my phone like an animator. <laughs> what now? got a text from, from uh, one of my customers. Mm -hmm. 
um uh oh she was telling me something work related um kind of weird do you think it's the deeper it's 10 o'clock at night on a saturday I mean, I don't know. That was, um, I don't expect you, I mean, do you expect me to close the case? Yeah. I haven't even seen the evidence yet. Okay, well. Really, you've just said, hey, there's a dead body. Who do you think did it? <laughs> I don't even know who the victim is. I don't even know where it's located. Mm. What do I have to go off of? Mm. She texted you about something work-related? Yeah. I mean, did she use any flirtatious emojis? Did she seem like she was pretty strictly worked based or was she ready to let the conversation go where it was going to go? Okay, so she seems like she was ready to chat and that was just the easy slide the number across the table. Hey, here's my way in. Mm. Well, I don't know. I don't know this person. I don't know your relationship to this person. I don't really know what they said to you. Uh, I don't know the text in front of me. It's just kind of odd. I mean, it. It's 10 o'clock at night. I don't, I don't, and the little that I know about Sadeeper, I <laughs> wouldn't say that it's him because, well, quite frankly, I don't know if she's had the enlightening experience that I've had to bring her to the calling. of. Because up mm. until now, I've never felt the pull of Sadeeper. <laughs> I've really never even, I didn't know his existence was there. Mm. Um. So unless you've brought it up to her in passing, I don't know. I would. I would doubt that it's the I, I, of that. I think maybe it's the pull of of middle aged lonely horniness. Probably she's twenty three. Okay, well then it's youthful horniness. Mm. I don't know, ma'am. She just had her five year anniversary with with her fiance. Oh. Well, in that case, maybe you should send her to Sadeeper. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to send her to Sadeeper. Hey, baby, maybe let's not chat. Maybe rethink this before you throw away the five. Yeah. And she and she make she makes me talk to her like so I can't like I can't um when I give her the invoice, she goes line by line through each name and like I'll try to I'm like, "Hey, I'm busy. I got to like I I got to I, I have to do something on route yeah and she's like okay well i need to finish this first and so i have to sit there and 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 then she'll be like ask about my weekend and like oh and ask chat her. with you i have to yeah i, I have it, to it, chat with her for about 15 minutes minimum obviously obviously eh, it sounds like she's indio it she okay the last couple times she's uh like i've got up real quickly i'm like all right cool like hey you have a great rest of your week. And she just like kind of stared at me. I don't, I can't yeah, recreate the look. And yeah, it's just yeah, this yeah. real weird. What, what do you feel about deconstruction, Robert? A lot of people think about progress. They feel like progress should be the focus. And, and when you think of progress, you think of construction. You think of the new, the big, the mm. bold, the thing that could be next. But sometimes we don't take a minute to look at what we already have and think maybe we need to deconstruct. I think that is an excellent point. It's a word that has been floated around quite a bit in like I've heard it uh, uh, like it's very trendy in the Christian community now. Hmm. I've just been really deconstructing my faith. I've just been really taking some time to really break down what it means to be a Christian. You mean sinning carefree? Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. 
<laughs> I've been watching porn heavily. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't feel exactly. guilty about exactly. it. Exactly. I've just been really deconstructing. It's like, no, 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 you're falling apart. That does that's not the same thing as deconstruction. That's mm. just unattended. There's that's lack of maintenance is what that is. Amen. No upkeep isn't the same thing as deconstruction. And so, and I, I feel like I've taken time to do that a little bit for myself. And it is unfortunate. And it's a part, it's just, I think it's the internet that does this, is that things, things get a title. And the problem is, is that we will name something. We'll call a movement a name, Me Too. The Me Too movement or whatever. And then mm. it's so overused and driven into the ground that the meaning behind it just it's so ubiquitous. And it's just it's not as important as it was. Mm. And the same thing it always happens. Like the idea of deconstructing, taking a time to like, where am I at? What am I doing? Do these habits and things that I'm partaking in actually benefit me? Do I actually know why I'm doing this? Why does it matter? Is this just what I believe and what I've just been doing already you know because they say if it ain't broke don't fix it but sometimes it's broken you don't know and you just keep running it into the ground amen so and i think that there's not enough deconstruction in people's lives and i uh, one thing is relationships where it's like you say you've you've turned the corner you've hit the five-year milestone right can i i i apologize for interrupting no but i just had an epiphany Okay. Deconstructing. I often am far too forward with people regarding what I think they should deconstruct or perhaps calling them out on their flaws, their and flaws and bullshit. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's something I do frequently. Yeah. And I'll just point it. It doesn't matter who it is. I'll just point it. I'm like, well, you know, this thing. You're one of those people that when you see something, you say something. You'd make a great TSA agent. I, I would. But those are the feds. <laughs> we don't feck with the ops. No, no, no. We do not. Uh, we keep, we, we don't, keep the blicky for the blueies. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't fuck with the three the three digits. Nah, nah, nah. Um, I often point out people's hypocrisy. Yeah. You could say. Yeah. Flaws, mm-hmm. ill thinking, mm-hmm. and I wonder if women really like that <laughs> because. And just hear me out. Just hear me out. <laughs> because I tend to do that, and thinking about that—that's where it, I get my greatest percentage points when it comes to women. Like, you feel like... That's where I get my cult following. Yeah, you know, <laughs> here's the... It's maybe maybe it's, maybe it's one of those things. Mm. You know? There's a lot of those things floating around to where it's like, well, it's not the rule. Shouldn't be a rule. Shouldn't be enforced ever. Probably shouldn't even be practiced, really. It's the exception to the rule. And based off of what I feel like you find important in life, you would take pride in being the exception to the rule. Amen. A lot of times I feel like you find yourself being said exception. And 
I would not, if I was going to give people a quick handful, quick five tips off the top of my head of how to really pave your way with women, I probably not even scratching the top 50 is point out their flaws and shortcomings relatively soon after meeting them. Mm. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm not saying that it can't be done. I feel like in a way I do that often with women too, but not in such a serious way, more in just like a, a joking way. I'm mm. going to I'm going to make them the butt of my joke and I will find their affection and following from that because it's attention and in its own weird way. Mm. You know what I mean? Where it's like you're noticing them. You're noticing stuff about them. Mm. That they feel like they're important to you because you're saying something about it. Now you have to be, in your approach, tactful. Um, to some extent, you have to be maybe not blatantly hypocritical. Right in the face of your correction of their hypocrisy. Um, and thankfully you're not blatant about it. No. Don't think I would dare say you're not hypocritical. That would make me a liar, actually. Um, but I would say for most guys that are trying to meet women in the workplace, probably don't start by saying, hey, it's a little bit of a booby shirt you're wearing. <laughs> Kind of makes you look like a horgy. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's really going to win you points wow. in the end of wow. the day. <laughs> All three of those uh, those punch punch phrases, whatever you, those key words, I would never utter. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Booby, that's not me. <laughs> whore, <laughs> and Gina. Hey, Mom, your tits are out, and they're looking thick. Okay, maybe that's not... So, okay, give me an example so other people can maybe learn, like, what's a scenario in which you have said, hey, this is a glaring issue within you that I have felt like I'm going to address as a future suitor? Mm. Well, it's never a future suitor, typically. Well, I'm feeling like that's how they may be looking at you. And that's the problem. It's because I don't mean that. I'm not trying to have their babies. Okay, well, you know, I think you couldn't be a suitor and also not have to be the father. Mm, that's fair. I mean, it's just in typical convers. It's typically when they're complaining about something, mm. and Lord knows I hate complaining. You do. You do. And I will point. I will just come with a opposing argument. Like, well, but play, you play devil's advocate quite often. You've been known for it. Have like, I? Well, you and I both, that's kind of the thing we do. That's what makes, I think that's the only thing that, well, it's the one thing that I think sets us apart when it comes to trying to do podcasts from other just regular people I know is that we have the tendency to want to play devil's advocate to any conversation. Amen. Amen. For good or bad. Boys have been used for bad. We have advocated for the devil many a time. But sometimes works out great. Sometimes, so I I wouldn't say that most people should take that attempt that take that approach. I do agree with you because I have uh, been known to do that as well. I feel like if you, all you do is is you just sit on their cheer squad, Ugh, gay, they eventually 
exactly. That's what I was going to say. Probably you enjoy the company of a, of another man, and you should maybe go try that approach. Don't do women. Talk about other dudes and their parts, mm. and you want to point out their flaws. But at the same time, yeah, if you end up being the cheer squad for them for quite some time, and all you do is you're just you're you're singing their hits, you know, you're just playing their music that they like, mm. because that is an illusion of something that somebody would like, because. You could go on, find them on Spotify, find their playlist, see, what are they listening to? Mm. I'm going to go out. I'm going to play the music that they like. Amen. That's fine for a little first move, a quick sidestep so that you juke them in the beginning and they don't know which direction you're going. Yeet. But if all you do is that, you're just showing them what they already see. They want to be introduced to something new. Hey, here's a new set of songs. Mm. Here's a new opinion. Here's a new way of looking at the problem that you're currently dealing with. Do you always want to do that? No. I have been in a relationship of which said female has grown rather tired of my devil's advocate. You shouldn't play devil's advocate 100% of the time. Oh, absolutely not. But at the same time, cheer squad is no better. Uh, cheer squads. Cheer squads. It's worse it's because worse. then you oh, just yeah. become one of their friends. That they, that they want, they, that they go to to just get a pat on the back to be, let them know, hey, keep doing whatever poor thing you're doing. Mm. So you don't want to be one of those people because that's not going to amount to a real, actual relationship. The reason why me and Robert are so close is because we find so much joy in telling the other person that they're wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but we have we, we we don't have a problem by just saying, "Hey, that seems like a horrible idea." You do you at the end of the day. I feel like you should always give them that at the end of the devil's advocate is the hey. But I mean, it's your life, so what you gonna do? Amen. But at the same time, a real relationship is based off being able to tell the other person, you know, hey, you're full of shit. Probably shouldn't do that. Probably seems like you're not looking at this correctly. And let me tell you, if you do it right, and if you do it with good intent, not ill, no, no, not no. illest intent, but yeah. good intent, and when you have good intent, it comes off. Yeah. When you're a genuine person, it shows. Well, because that's the thing is because you're not going into, you're not trying to be checkmate guy. Oh, you're not so trying annoying. to be the, <laughs> got, didn't look at it that way. Andrew Tate. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. It's just not, I mean, because no one wants that. Because even if you give uh, them good good advice, no one is going to want to take it if you're playing the bet you didn't know I was smarter than you mm -hmm. kind of person. Which you can still have a little bit of that. A little bit no, of that. It's fun. fun and playful it's and like, Hey, by the way, I'm better than you. Yeah, yeah, just say it. But you got to be really blunt with it so that they realize, oh, that's hilarious because you're going way over above and beyond with being like the yeah. whatever. Yeah. But if that's the reason that you're doing it, even if you don't super obviously make it known, they'll know. They eventually know. Okay, uh, yeah, this guy yeah. is just getting off on being right. He's no one not likes Mr. That. Right. No, he's not Mr. Right. He's Mr. Always Right. Yeah. Not the same thing. Um. Yeah, that is interesting, the balance between playing devil's advocate. But I think if you come off in good intentions where you're really just trying to throw out the other side and be like, well, think about it this way. Maybe it's like this. He can change could this lives. possibly be true? He could save lives. And you don't always want to take the approach of, well, did you think about that? But if you're like, well, maybe this thing. 
Maybe look at it this way. Maybe try this approach. Okay, well, maybe that's not how it's going to work. I don't know the situation. I'm just here to just try. I'm trying to help you. Mm. That's the point of it. Mm. Which, if you can do that and you can maneuver that well, I think it will work. But just pointing out people's flaws, seeing the booby in the shirt, it's probably not going to play out the way you want it. Amen. You're probably going to be going home alone quite often. Yeah. HR, it's probably going to get involved. Mm. Um, but I was saying with um, the other thing, too, with deconstructing, that is strange to be in the... You hear that a lot of people, that they hit the, the five-year relationship milestone with their fiancé. First of all, broop. you've been in it five years with your fiancé. Mm. Five years. It's a long time. It doesn't take five years to figure out whether you want to marry somebody. It takes about two seconds for me. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that you're saying that so far you've just decided every person you met in two seconds are not the person for you. Yeah. Okay. It is easy to see when they're not the person, I feel like, right off the bat. But it's not that hard. There are only some few crucial conversations you need to have with this person to be like, all right, will this work? And then do we love each other? And are we going to choose to continue to do that? But say you round about five years in the game and you're still not married. Maybe take some time to sit down and be like, hey, should we keep doing this? Mm. Even if there doesn't seem like there's any problems on the surface that are bubbling up. Maybe you just have that little inkling where you look back at some of the photos back before you guys were dating of you in your single years. And you're like, huh, there was a lot of those opportunities I didn't take. There was a lot of those people that I didn't talk to. There was chapters to stories that I never actually finished. And I wonder what would have happened. That's not uncommon, and that's not something to be shamed about, but Mm -mm. maybe take some time and be like, hey, should we still do this? What's the fear in it? Because maybe at the end of the day, more so than ever, you realize, yeah, yeah, we should. But maybe you're like, no, this just isn't going as well as we thought it was going to go, and you need to take some time away from it. And better that you take time away from it then than you take time away from it, well, then once the bridge is completely burned to a crisp and one of y'all are playing alimony, Mm. you know, maybe just uh, say, hey, let's deconstruct. Do we really like what's happening here? Should we keep this going? Because then you get to the place where then you're messaging some errand boy from a company that ships you paper towels or whatever at like 10 at night about like everyone knows the game you're playing. We all know the girl that's been in the relationship with her boyfriend for three years and is texting every other dude she knows about everything that's happening in her life because she just isn't in it with this dude. And then, of course, she's going to text the dude that doesn't care about her the most. Doesn't care about her. Yeah, who cares about her the least? Or that cares about yeah, her the she least. She reaches out to the guy, of course, the guy that doesn't the actually have bag. any investment yeah. in any of it and does not care what the betterment of your life is. She blatantly called me a douchebag the other week. That's that's flirtation all the way. That's is devil's it? advocate for flirtation. Mm. Easy. Yeah. Can I make a proposition? I'm curious what you think. You haven't really been in a relationship. For like a very long period of time. Absolutely not. But I'm thumbs down at it. Say you round the bend. Mm. Five year mark with your fiance. That's insane. It's insane. 
I'm assuming that it's not they've been engaged for five years. Uh I'm assuming that because that's not really something someone celebrates. I'm assuming it's just we've been together five years and we happen to be engaged now. Yeah. Say you're rounding that mark and you have that pull to want to go back to the good old days and you want to go back to something else. And you're like, maybe I'm missing something. I feel like I have a, an itch that needs to be scratched. Take a second to look at yourself and be like, how, how this, how, am I the center of my universe right now? Like, is everything I do and every action I take to scratch that itch that I have is everything I do about me completely? Mm-hmm. Is every decision based off of what do I feel right now in this moment? And if it's not what I want, it's not what I'm doing. If that's what you're doing, if you're not putting yourself in situations where you're inconvenienced for other people, even not just your relationship with the person you're in, but family, friends, if you're just everything is exactly the way you want it and if it's not, then you're just not feeling it. Mm. Yeah, it's probably you. Yeah, you're probably just kind of need to work on your selfishness a little bit because that's not a very uncommon thing. And if every other aspect of your life is I'm going to do the first thing that sounds the most interesting to me and the sounds the most what I feel like inside is what I want. Then eventually, yeah, you're going to have those moments where you're like, I'm not the most into this person right now. They're actually kind of bothering me. They seem Never. a little bit more like an inconvenience than my one true love. That but could what be is true. Love? That could be true. Yeah. Love isn't. Love is a choice. Love is a pri- Love is a privilege. No, being loved is a, pri- is a privilege, but love is a choice. Your parents just chose not to love you. Shut up. Well, sorry. That, my bad. I should no, have. That yeah, was way too personal. Up. Way too. I yeah. shouldn't have spoke no, that on that. Was not, that I mean, was not. That was not the time. It was a bar and a half, but at the same time, I'm, that was it the really wrong wasn't. Time. It was a low bar. I mean, it's pretty much. It's pretty true. I mean, yeah, but you didn't have to bring it up. Sorry. Sorry. That was the wrong way to play devil's advocate. It was. It. It absolutely was. You're right. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, maybe if you're in that position and if the relationship is still going well and you're still like, well, I do love this person. I don't know. Just take a second to be like, well, is everything about me? Mm. It's the same with like self-control. Cause it's like, if you never say no to everything that you crave, whether or not you're seeing the negative sides yet, like maybe you're not, maybe you just eat whatever and you're not gaining weight because you know, you're just young, mm-hmm. you're youthful, you're spry. But if you're just always giving into everything that you want to do at all times. Yeah. Eventually a long-term committed relationship with someone is going to get old mm-hmm. because it's not going to be the exact thing that scratches that itch. How do you feel about that? I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I feel about this. I'm very sensitive to this topic. Okay. I've been scarred. Yep. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But in a different way that I've never talked about. Non physically, no, no, uh, emotionally and mentally. Okay, I mean, and physically, but 
It's just a noisy night tonight, isn't it? It is. People are out. But I love the exhaust. I, you know, exhaust I like, is out. I can't wait. Anyway, sorry. city is bumping. It's bubbling. So, bumping and popping. So you've been scarred emotionally and mentally. And mentally by a relationship. Okay. And it had to do with something like this. I'm not going to go into the details. But I... I'm always really hard on I'm just always really hard <laughs> in it. And it's, it's hard to find someone that'll keep up with the drive that I have. And you would think, well, that's not always a bad thing, Robert, but it gets in the way of things. Your disc is almost full. Um and where was I going with this one? You were in a relationship. Oh, anyway. And this is not hard. about this. Not about this. Um when it comes to discipline, I take it pretty seriously. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I take I take like w- what I believe and the, the disciplines I believe. I take it super seriously to a point where you know it might be a mi- bit much. Some, it's been annoying. Might, bit annoying. <laughs> some might say sometimes, and I get really frustrated when people don't view it the same way. Yeah. But I've seen that come out of you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's immature of me, but it's also from a point of if you like if you continue to give in and give in and give in to to your wants, then just it it's going to affect every part of your life, right? Yeah. Or it has the potential to. Oh, most definitely. And, and so like if you're just like, "Well, I'm going to get I it doesn't matter. I just want this." It's it's so fr- I hate when people do that. It's like, well, I just, well, I can't help myself with this and this. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I get, I, I think I don't, I don't explain it good, well at all, but I get really angry because I understand, and it's probably because I've been affected by it. I, I under, I see where it leads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's horrible, and it makes me really sad. Well, that's the thing. I only say that because I've watched that pattern destroy my own life, like many times over and it and it and it does the exact things and it's not it's not like the problem is that it's not just a one choice thing where it's like well because if you think if you have no self-control in everything and then you're like well i'm going to try to start eating better and not eat unhealthy well if you have no self-control in everything why do you think you're just going to kick on self-control all of a sudden for this when you give in to every other urgent thing that crosses your mind throughout the whole rest of the day that what now you're going to call it quits with this one you're not prepped you're not ready to be able to and like i was saying you've set up these patterns to be disciplined i think part of them has been ingrained into you as a kid and i think also you've just taken them upon yourself and you see the importance of it and you want to continue down that way and i think it's good um, for a lot of reasons, but yeah, you get into that cycle of just never, whatever. Then you just always get into that. Well, I just can't. I mean, I'm just, I, I want it. I'm just, whatever. It's just, yeah. it's just another, I, it's hard to say no. You know what I mean? It's like, well, it takes a lot. It takes a full life overhaul. You're not just going to cut out this one bad habit. And I get where people are like, oh, it's so like, I under, I understand how annoying it is. Yeah, I get it. But us, but it doesn't seem annoying. When you understand the truth, yeah. When you've seen both sides of the of when the you're thing. like, okay, this is like this is intense. Robert is intensive. Like, yeah. You talk to Robert about it, he's gonna get worked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then gets you in a tizzy. 
oh yeah, it gets me real riled up. But once you experience it, you get it. Yes. It's like taking heroin. <laughs> you know, I've always said <laughs> it's that. It's like shooting up. No, it is like that. And and that's why I feel like recently after these last couple years and seeing how far my life can spiral, I feel very passionate about it. And sometimes I feel like I realize that I can't I can't always speak about it as passionately as I want to. Because sometimes it comes off as hypocritical because I'm not far enough from the problem. Or sometimes I'm like, I have to just understand that I understand where that's at. Like, I understand where you are. I get where you, what you feel. I understand how much that you have that pull inside of you to do that thing. Because you have that just emptiness and you just want to fill it. And it doesn't. It never will. And you're always going to feel unsatisfied very soon after. And you're just going to have to keep upping it and keep adding more things and new things and whatever and then you take all that and you take that bad pattern and that cycle that you can caught it and not that you have like i had been in that pattern for a most of my life growing up it's pretty common for teenagers you know to not have very great self-control but you can also not be in that pattern and then fall into that pattern and it's a matter of like seeing it and realizing okay i'm doing this is what i'm doing Got to be proactive. I need to pull myself out of this. And it's so hard at times to realize you're being overdramatic. Like, Mm -hmm. what is this? If what? I have to say no to this one candy that I'm eating? I can't enjoy sugar? And it's like, no, you can't. But it's such an easy thing to just, you just get in that mindset of every time you have the thing you want, you do. And then you try to put that on top of a long-term relationship where things get rough and, like, tensions get high. And you don't always feel those exact feelings you felt for that person. And then especially the more that it matures and the more that you're taking on responsibilities together and your lives intertwine, tension is going to happen. And then you're not always going to want to just cuddle up right next to them. They're not the person that's always on your mind at the end of the day. Sometimes it's an object. Sometimes it's an activity. And then sometimes it's another person. Sometimes like you're scrolling Instagram and every other time you scrolled Instagram, you saw a person's post and it never crossed your mind. And then one day Mm. you see that girl's post and you're like, Damn, I wonder what she's up to. I remember her and I used to get along pretty well back in the day. I busted to her a couple like, wow, times. Wow, we used to talk all the time. Man, we haven't talked in forever. Well, like, maybe I'll just, like, and then maybe you don't text her that night. Because you're like, well, I don't know. I'm not going to. But then the next time it comes around and you're still in that cycle of every time you feel the need to do something, you do it. Mm. Regardless if it's right or wrong. And then you're like, well, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll just swipe up on her story. Maybe I'll just shoot her a message. Hey, how you doing? You know? Hey, what you doing tonight? And it's just, you know what you're doing. Mm. You're setting yourself up to fail. You're, you just, you know that's not actually what you want to do, really. It's not going to actually feel, this girl is no better than your other girl. Most people are pretty much equal in value. I mean, obviously, like, some people are, like, more mature, more this, more that, more whatever. But, like, most of the time, if you have two girls and you've been with this one and there's another one that seems new and interesting, she's... The same issues that you have with this girl that you're with, if you get in a relationship with her the next day, those same issues will occur again. Let's say because it together. the problem Let's is say it with together. you. Sadeeper. Sadeeper all the way. Sorry, I had no idea where you're going with that. Sadeeper. That Always was beautiful. And forever. And so, yeah, the, the problem is most of the time with you. And it's like people are so quick to look to their partner and be like, well, clearly, if if I'm not happy all the time, then it must be your fault, and there mm. must be a new 
other girl that's going to constantly make me interested. And and you just get in that cycle of just burning through relationships. Everyone has like a two to three year time shelf life on it. And then by that point, you've burned out all the fun stuff and the easy enjoyment. And then stuff gets hard. And then you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like this one. Mm. Maybe break the cycle. Maybe it's not about you. Maybe life isn't about you. It isn't. And it's more fulfilling. I think it definitely is. When when you, I don't know, for, for me personally, like when I, and I do recognize that this is a very selfish, parts of, parts of my life now is it's very, it focused on me and it can be selfish, right? Yeah, I think I think going through self improvement stuff and trying to fix your own self, it's it's you can easily also get caught up in a very self involved way of looking yeah. at things where you're like, I refuse to do anything that's going to mess with my improvement and my mental health and my this and that. Yeah. Um but the the thing that always keeps me going is finding joy in that I can self improve for that person down the line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm looking at it like, I don't really want to do this, but if I can make this that much better for that person or that this much easier for our relationship or whatnot, then I'm going to do it. Then it's worth it. That's kind of how I look at it. I'm like, all right, I don't, I don't like this, but if, but if this just helps a little bit, makes life just a tad bit easier because life it's going to suck. It's going to throw some curveballs your sucks. way. Life sucks, and it yeah. never gets easier. No, but if you can just make it a, that much, easier. that much easier, it's worth it. No, no, because I mean, the best case scenario is the one you're in. You don't have a person that you're in a relationship with. You don't have a person that you are about to be in a relationship with, and you know, hey, I need to address these things. I need to make sure that I get these patterns in place and these things in order, so that when I do decide to take on the next commitment. We don't have, that's just one less argument. That's one less fight. That's one less whatever. And especially with the selfishness, I remember like as soon as I started falling in that pattern a lot when it came to my relationship, I would bicker all the time. It's because everything is me. It's all, it has to be my way. My thought is right. My opinion is right. And there's no agree to disagree. There's no, well, it's up for whatever. It's. It's you have to understand why I think the thing I think, because if you don't like I can't understand why you don't agree with me because it's what I'm thinking. Amen. And it's like you get into that bickering all the time, going back and forth because you always have to be right. You always have to to show why you're the smarter one. And if you can take the chance to do that, slamming the buzz balls. I mean, hey, we can. If you can take the chance to do that before or were you saving this for a latte? No, no, no. no. I couldn't remember what we were doing. That was your idea. We can have those. Just uh, give it a second. Hold on. Um, Totally fucked that one up. Sorry. Go ahead. ahead. I don't remember what I was saying now. Yep. Yay. No, what I was saying is you're in the best position. It's better to do it before you have a relationship you're in. Mm. If you're in a relationship and you're just getting started, take the motivation of that person and try to just get ahead of it and be like, listen, I want to. And the other thing, too, is you have those patterns. Guess who's going to pick that shit up immediately? Your kids. If you decide to go that direction, your kids will just do it even more aggressively than you do. And because even they more have immature l- than you do. Less sense of right and wrong. Less sense of responsibility. 
and you're just going to start them on that path from the beginning. And now they're going to have to dig their way out of it from never knowing another way except for to give in constantly to what they want. And, um, yeah, so you're at the best place to do that. And that's something that I've been focusing on because I'm just like, I have no interest in getting into a committed relationship with anybody. I'm not really interested in, in being with anybody at all. But, like, just because I'm... I don't want to have to, to sort that out when we've been married and we have a house payment coming up and tensions are already a little higher and now I not only don't want to make sacrifices for this other person, I don't want to sacrifice anything that isn't exactly what I want to do. You know? And mm -hmm. so now you're having to do that with way more tensions, way more things riding on it. Mm. Now you're not just dating. It's not just an easy out. Now you're married. Mm. Or even worse, now you have a kid. Now you have multiple kids. It's deeper. You're 20 years into this thing, and now you're like, well, I don't know. It just doesn't, doesn't work. I just don't like it anymore. It's like, well... I bet you it doesn't work with the new one either. But at the same time, too, you can also take some time to look at the relationship and realize, hey, this just isn't working. Genuinely, we're not made for each other. We should go our separate ways. That mm -hmm. also is a thing. Amen. Take some time to do that before you decide to tie the knot. Or pump a kid into him. I don't, I'm not an advocate for divorce, but I'm an advocate for divorce before the kid rather than after the kid. Yeah, well, I can say that. Better call it quits before you had a kid than... And a kid isn't going to save the marriage. Let's say it together. A kid, <laughs> kid is not going to save the marriage. Never, ever, ever, ever has that ever worked. I have the utmost respect for people that have divorces and then they put their differences aside to raise their kids. But kids are never the savior to a relationship. No. Because kids, they will tear you apart. Because kids want what they want. And they're going to go kids to Kids are kind of like... What a girl what needs. A girl. <laughs> what a girl needs. It's kind of like, well, because kids are going to, like, how many times have you, I mean, not you, but, like, how many times I've had kids. have you seen that where the kid goes to the mom, asks her, and the mom says no, then they go to the dad, ask the same question. They, like, they want to see, can we pit these people against kids each are, other? are divisive little shits. Yeah, because they want what they want. They want to test the boundaries to see what are the rules. What can I get away with? What can I not get away with? And if you two aren't, like, unified, on what you're doing, your kids are going to tear you apart. And if you were a very uh what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, fuck. Um test the water. If you tested the waters a lot as a kid, what am I what word is that? Um Henri? Henri. If you were really stubborn, Henri Stubborn, honorary, anything. If you were like that as a child, congratulations. He's going to be 10 times. 10 times. I don't know what I was trying to say with that one. Anyway. Get I'm just going to give you a round of applause up. for that one, buddy. Yep. Fucked it up. Fucked it up again. Yep. He's pissed. He's pissed. He was He's on fire. Pissed. Yeah, no, it's definitely... Um, it's definitely a problem. Selfishness is kind of if you are if you or anyone that around you has said, "Hey, dude, you're kind of a selfish, self-centered person," or you've realized that about yourself and been like, "You know what? I take account of myself and I realize it's pretty much all about me here." Don't rush into a relationship because that Amen. thing will tear it apart more than anything under the sun. So yeah, 
Sadiq Burr 420. So take Sadiq Burr. Make him the center of your universe instead of you. The weird mystic Shami that Robert met on the side of the road. Hmm. Wow. Mm. Anything else been on your mind this week, bud? No. No? That's about it. I mean, I feel like you've really just, you have been the vessel for this podcast. I mean, I there is a lot on my mind. There's a lot of experiences going on. There, life is changing for me. Hmm. Mm. But nothing now. Nothing now. Nothing, nothing at the moment. Nothing that's come enough to fruition that I've, you feel really feel like you have an understanding to speak on it. I have grown and I've realized just because something is happening does not mean it's the time to speak on it. Sometimes you just need to let it brew. Sometimes you need to wait. You need to wait. You need to let it brew, let it simmer for a while. What's the thing? Here's something that I'll give a little bit of advice for anyone that's out there trying to be funny. Wait. Not I. Wait for the joke. Sit in there and listen. Let the person talk. The first joke that comes to your mind, unless you've been doing this for a long time, probably isn't going to be the funniest. Maybe it is. Go out there. Throw it out there. Just try it. But also, if you know it's cheap and easy, don't take it. Sit and wait. They're going to say something. There will be a joke to be made. Don't feel the need to jump in and chime in right off the bat. Understand what they're saying a little more so that you really can hit them with the joke. Or... Better yet, if someone's trying to open up to you, let them talk out what they're thinking fully so that you can really understand it before you try to chime in with advice. And in the same way, sometimes stuff happens to you and you just need to watch it play out a little bit. See, where is this going? So I don't try to chime in and make it go the direction I want it to go before I even know what it is. Let's not break down the movie trailer. Let's just wait till the movie comes out. How about that? You know, wow, wow, wow. He did it. He's back. Guys. And on He's that back. note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of Lost Summer Podcast. We will see you next week with another banger and some more spiritual enlightenment thanks to Sudeeper. Sudeeper. Live long, die young. Ow!